Especially with the news apps, we mine the content. I mean, I'm sure you guys probably are online. You're plugged into the news, but uh, we mine the content. Uh, some of the most deranged shit, so you don't have to. That's right? true. That's true. Mm-hmm. We are going to get back to our original mission of doing the reading, so you don't have to yes. very soon. Very soon. But, uh, you know, you got to mix it up a little. Yeah, and I think you, some people, I think, not some people, I think everybody likes to hear us talk about the news, you know, to have a take on uh, the going-ons of, uh, of the day. You know, sometimes you got to have a take. Everybody. You don't always. You don't, you don't always have to have a take. I, but I was sometimes, just about to say. Once in a while, it's appropriate to have a take. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just about to say, nowadays, uh, we live in, um, uh, how do I want to put it? We live in a, in a society where everyone has to have a take or feels like they have to have a take. But um, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't need one. It's true. But like, yeah. I don't know. I enjoy listening to people talk shit on the news, uh, on my podcast, on, yeah. on my podcast, on my radio, in my ears. You know <laughs> in your I ears. Mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I got to say, Trillbillies is my favorite one, favorite show like that right now. So hey. good, good job being on that show, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, you know, it's the same thing that we kind of do here, though. I feel it's like I got to talk about this deranged shit with my friends uh because mm-hmm. otherwise uh, especially if i wake up in the morning and nobody should do this nobody should doom scroll but uh, i'm just looking on what's going on and i'm like man i feel crazy until you know i talk to my friends irl or you know uh you know otherwise and uh or I don't feel all so of alone. our parasocial friends out there in radio land indeed indeed it counts all you listening. it counts So it's kind of, uh, I didn't even realize this until Mm. a minute ago. We are recording this on Indigenous Peoples Day. So to all who observe, happy Indigenous Peoples Day. Um, I had a, (laughs) I I actually thought of it because I got in a little little tiff with my boyfriend earlier. Um, when I was, I, I was like telling him a little bit about what we were going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why is everybody going so crazy about anti-Semitism? And mm-hmm. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah. well, you know, Kanye, he's just crazy. Like, obviously. And like, well, well, like people make fun of Italians too. He's yeah. Italian. And I was mm-hmm. like, <laughs> excuse me. And yeah, that's <laughs> that's not that's not quite the same. I tried, I, so I was trying to explain it to him uh. how you know there are conspiracy theories about the Jews and how mm-hmm. we you know con- there's like a small cabal of Jews controlling the world, et cetera, et cetera. And mm-hmm. uh, do they do they say that about Italians? I don't think so. I like. It, it's, it's absurd on its face, right? Like, no, I no. Don't see it. <laughs> I, I don't think you have a. I don't think you have a. Uh, what is it? Zionist occupied government version for Italians? Like I don't think that exists. You know like, what I mean? What would I mean, that even be? I mean, I don't know. Like the mafia is running shit. Like I don't even know. But it's not even like racially coded, so uh, or ethically coded. So I don't. I mean, I don't, the mafia is real, but yeah. like uh, it's 
I, I don't see a lot of conspiracy theories centering around it for whatever no. reason. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I'm sure someone's going to tweet at me that there's like, you know, so, some some crazy people out there who think that, uh, you know, there's Italians at high levels of government trying to put spaghetti yeah. in your kid's <laughs> school lunch or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you know what you're reminded me of? I saw, I saw a tweet that uh, somebody said something like um, how... Uh, media portrayals of the mafia is like i mean you can't say racist but it's like italian like um bigoted or whatever bigoted against italian people and somebody replied <laughs> somebody <laughs> replied like something like um eat the pizza like something like that italian kind of accent <laughs> and this person got really fucking upset they were like fuck you you piece of shit you guys think this is funny so i don't know maybe there are like three people out there who get offended and who maybe are excited about columbus day you know the kind of people that say oh fuck indigenous people's day it's columbus day he was a great yeah. italian so those people <laughs> oh, exist, those boy. people exist apparently you know i was i was just looking into it just now uh, briefly before we potted because uh, uh, i was like you know well maybe they maybe they have a point maybe he's an unfairly maligned figure yeah. he is uh you know a pillar of the mm. italian american self-conception mm -hmm. uh by by many but like no there's really you can't you can't both sides this uh nah. can, pretty can bad can I read something real quick? Actually, that's in my uh, was in my mentions today. Um, sure. This is a this is a quote apparently from him that he wrote to the king and queen of Spain. <clears throat> so tractable, so peaceable are these people that I swear to your majesties, there is not in the world a better nation. They love their neighbors as themselves, and their discourse is ever sweet and gentle, and accompanied with a smile. And though it is true that they are naked, yet their manners are decorous and praiseworthy. All this, of course, and this is uh, the author commenting, all this, of course, was taken as a sign of weakness, if not if not heathenism. And Columbus, being a righteous European, was convinced the people should be, quote, made to work, so and do all that is necessary to adapt our ways, end quote. So um, he was, uh, and we also want to add that um, he died uh, from heart failure uh, after 14 years of fevers, prolonged gout attacks, and bleeding from the eyes. So uh, unhappy and unrecognized, by the way. He was unrecognized at the time, um, of course, afterwards, you know. But um, died a pretty horrible death, man. So uh, That's it. That's Columbus it. is canceled. It's canceled. It's but canceled, I get it. Yeah. Like, maybe they they just don't care. They don't care which Italian it is, you know? Maybe they just want a statue of a famous Italian. Yeah, Might I suggest yeah. James Gandolfini? Yeah, indeed, yo. Exactly. I feel like he's, like, all the good things that Columbus was not. Absolutely, absolutely. And, um, I mean, y'all got Mario, man. For all the Italians out there, you got Mario, you got Luigi. I mean, these are like truly Italian icons. So um, you don't yeah. you don't need Columbus, man. You got you've got plenty to work with, guys. You yeah. don't need a statue <laughs> of that particular guy. Yeah. Trust me, of a genocidal maniac. Not, no, not, not, not doing yourselves any favors. <laughs> you're not. You're not, yo. Oh shit. So <laughs> shall we talk about the news? Yes, let's the, talk about the, the quote news. unquote news. The quote unquote news. Uh, where, where, where do you want to start with? Um, I think. You know, I mean, maybe the serious one, <laughs> maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah. the most serious one before we just, you know, degrade. Yeah. yeah. Um, is that the uh, Biden's uh, weed agenda? 
Yeah, I would yeah. say so. Okay, uh, I mean, not. I guess. Well, Kanye is both. It's, it's, Kanye is as as always a perfect synthesis of serious and you know it, it is it, balderdash. It, it is because actually, uh, in the doc, I added some um, some relevant political sort of uh, analysis of um, of a uh, black uh, Republicans right winger. So uh, I would say it's a uh, semi serious. All but, uh, right. Well, that's a good that's a good little preview of what we got going on. And then yeah. you know what? Let's do some more previewing right up top here. Yeah. Uh, we're after this. We're gonna talk about a little thing called manga communism, and that's probably yes. gonna be in the paywalled half. So uh, yes. you know, give us your money, and you'll get to hear you get to learn all about it. Please at patreon.com slash everybody loves communism. You can sign up there. Is, or fans.fm slash everybody loves communism. Indeed, indeed, that too. So uh yeah, yeah it's still not? our name for the time being. Yeah, word, because we're gonna we're gonna have a rebrand soon and change our name, but for the time being, that is still the name and the link. I mean, who knows? Who knows yeah. if we're actually gonna do that? But yeah, right. Well, Yo, I think I feel like every <laughs> we'll I feel like every every other time we talk about it, we're like, eh, eh. Well, okay, we'll I will tell you some feedback from my mom. That I got when I saw her the other day. She doesn't like our current name, but she thinks the one that we're thinking of changing it to is worse. Oh shit, yo! Maybe I should ask my mom. Maybe. So yeah. Yo, let me. Yo, we should all ask our moms, yo, and like we should all take a vote, and then depending (laughs) on what they say, we should just go with it. Yeah, Jorge's mom's gonna be like, "No me gusta." (laughs) My mom is gonna be like, "Yeah, that doesn't sound good." Yeah. yeah, my mom's good, and my mom. She's like, she's tries, she's trying so hard to be nice about it, but she's like, oh, honey, I just, I don't really know <laughs> if that's really better. I'm like, okay, okay, I get it. That's so sweet, yo. That's such a mom thing to do, man. <laughs> like, let yeah. you down easy, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 moms. God bless them. Anyway, anyway. Uh, so right. we got, we got a little news. We got a little news to talk about. Uh, I saw some people tweeting about this. Uh, I guess Dark Brandon is mm-hmm. uh, to hear to hear these libs on Twitter. He's just on a fucking left liberal decarceral decriminalization tear with yes. his bold anti carceral agenda when yeah. it comes to he, he, marijuana. Uh, apparently um i mean you know when i saw the news drop i'm not gonna lie i was surprised because i mean it's joe biden you know this is the guy crime bill joe this is the guy who didn't he have something against like raves and mdma or some shit like that or oh yeah in the 90s he goes way back with that stuff yeah so it's like you know i mean i wasn't expecting this but you always gotta like be a little wary and cautious, you know, because we've already seen with, I mean, living in Georgia, he said that if we voted for Ossoff and Warnock, you know, we were going to get, what was it, uh, $1,400 checks, I think it was, right? I think it was, or was it 1200 Yeah, yeah how'd you was, spend yours? No, I didn't, because I didn't fucking get it. It would have been nice what? if I got a $1,400 check, but... That shit after the election got cut back to six hundred dollars, you know. So there's that, you know. There's the uh, there's Roe v. Wade expecting him to do something about that. But most recently, there's the rollback of the student debt relief, um, in which I don't think the debt applies anymore 
to people who have their debt held by a private lender, right? So I think that actually affects me because my debt, federal student debt, is held by a private lender. So I guess what I'm saying here is that, like, I didn't really have, I had to be cautiously optimistic about this weed thing because, as you guys know, I'm a pothead. I love smoking mm-hmm. weed. You know, I mean, who doesn't? Well, some people don't, but uh, some some people don't. But even I, if you, I certainly do. You do. Jamie does. I do. And <laughs> even if you don't, I mean, you should care about like, you know, the thousands of people that are in jail. You know, uh, tens of thousands of people possibly are in jail for like, you know, uh, nonviolent like drug offenses. You know, it's just one, insane. One would hope. One would hope. So, does does Joe Biden care about all of the people in jail for nonviolent drug offenses? Let's see. Uh, let's see what he did. Let's what did Brand- What did Brandon do now? What did Dark Brandon do now? Um, uh, this is so. This is his. This is his tweet. And as I as we go through it, just gonna kind of parse out sort of like why this isn't like what it seems like it's gonna be. But I just want to note that he says in his tweet announcing it, as I've said before, no one should be in jail just for using or possessing marijuana. I just like how it's just he just like just does revisionism, you know, as if he's always been for like legalization of weed or the decriminalization or just like not talking about weed as if it was like a gateway drug i mean look i will i would take it if he were actually serious about it right because people can change and you know we're we're materialists right we don't believe Mm. that things change that laws change just because of the benevolent actions of a few rulers right like Mm. it's largely a group effort on the part of you know tons and tons of people whose names you'll never learn Mm -hmm. doing activism getting out there putting the pressure on all the time so i guess the fact that he even feels the need to pay lip service to this this movement on the one hand is a good thing but what has what's he actually doing about it yeah yeah i mean so one thing that is like a big thing that people were um initially just excited about was that um they're federal pardons for simple possession right but you know if you dig a little deeper and this is our friends from means tv and other people have been pointing this out um since 1992 6500 people have been hit with federal charges for simple possession and it's good that you know these people will it'll they'll be pardoned it'll make it easier for them to find work and housing none of these people are currently in jail so technically right although this sounds as if you know when i heard this i'm thinking that people are going to be freed from jail like physically literally zero people are getting out of jail because of this right and i want to add that he adds that um he's gonna encourage or pressure governors um to pardon um people because most of weed related charges are handled by state and federal authorities but if half of the states in this country which they are red that's a foregone conclusion right like those governors don't have to and are not going to release people from state and federal uh from state uh local jails right so no they are not no they're not they're absolutely not um another thing that i was kind of excited about and this is like cautiously optimistic is the rescheduling and i'm not gonna lie this is a huge step uh but I mean, when it comes to political speak and DC speak, there's always that exploratory committee. We're going to look into something. And 
I mean, we know where this goes, man. Like this, this is usually comes up around election cycle, and by the time the election is over, we don't hear about this shit ever again, right? So I'm just cautiously optimistic about that because this just seems like kind of like a road to nowhere. Um, and but I'm not gonna lie, that would be a big deal. But we'll just see, have, have to see where it goes. But um, yeah. I think the biggest thing that really pissed me off and. It was really upsetting seeing people on the left. I get being excited about this. And I mean, especially, I mean, there are, I've heard of at least one anecdote of somebody, a DACA recipient, personally benefiting from this um, already. But I mean, my parents are from Jamaica, right? So I'm the son of immigrants. So I'm- So you're oh, smoking the reefer, So I'm smoking the weed, man. No, seriously, you Com- know what's so funny, though? Comrade Kamala and uh, you. Yeah. Dude, you know what's so funny though? My parents hate my parents hate fucking weed, dude. They hate the fact that I smoke I'm weed. sure they do. They're it's, it's, uh, it's, kind it's, of conservative. And it, yeah, yo, dude, it fucking sucks though because there is that stereotype of Jamaican smoking weed. I'm like, God, you guys couldn't just be like, you couldn't just be like, not be the exception to the rule and actually just be <laughs> cool with it, dude. But this this fucking sucks though, man, because there's the federal pardons won't apply to people, and this is the language from the uh, the White House, the White House website. It says, it won't apply to people who are, quote, non-citizens not lawfully present in the United States at the time of their offense, end quote. So I tried to look up the exact number. I couldn't really find it, but it's somewhere to 70, 90%. Sorry, I couldn't find the exact number. But 70, 90% of people convicted for federal simple possession since at least 2008 are non-citizens. Um, so Damn. that's high. Yeah, man, that's pretty fucking high, dude. That's pretty fucking high. And I also saw that I don't have, I didn't have the statistics for this, but I did read this um this study that shows that the majority of people that are coming through the border are arrested by federal or local police for simple possession charges. You know? So I mean, you can't have drug reform without immigration reform, right? Um, Facts. Yeah, yeah. And you you pointed this out, Jamie. You dropped this too. This is a I always oh, yes. yeah. I like I like this quote a lot, and I've seen it before. And I, it dropped a couple years ago. This is a quote from a Nixon aide. Um, do you want to read it, Jamie? Sure, sure. Mm. So you know, I feel like we might have talked about it before on this podcast, but it's always good to remind people. So I mean, we know what the war on drugs is really about, right? Mm. But it's still. I don't know, shocking or just confirming of what we know to hear somebody who was actually on the inside of it Mm. say the quiet part out loud. So yeah, this Nixon aide, um, he said, I forgot, oh, where's this from? Okay, I'll say his name. John Ehrlichman, who was assistant to the president for domestic affairs under President Richard Nixon. He said, and I quote, you wanna know what this war on drugs was really all about? The Nixon campaign in 1968 and the Nixon White House after that had two enemies, the anti-war left and black people. You understand what I'm saying? We knew we couldn't make it illegal to be either against the war or black, but by getting the public to associate the hippies with marijuana and blacks with heroin and then criminalizing both heavily, we could disrupt those communities. We could arrest their leaders, raid their homes, break up their meetings and vilify them night after night on the evening news. Did we know we were lying about the drugs? Of course we did. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and I want to point out, every time he says black, you could substitute that for the N-word, basically, right? Because, like, the drug war on drugs has always been not only politicized, but, like, heavily racialized, right? It's about social control and about punishing, like, which undesirable populations that use... I mean, you even look at the dif- uh, this difference between... The disparity between sentencing, between crack cocaine and um and cocaine right mm-hmm. like it's just like i mean it, it's so i mean i just want to add to that like you know biden has this uh a safe make america's making america safer act which is like a police quote reform bill that gives like tens of billions of dollars to the cops he announced this over the summer i mean this can only exacerbate the war on drugs right so I mean, well, not if they use that money for haunted houses, <laughs> not if they use it. Yo, we should, you should, you should actually, why don't you, you should, we should have dropped that at the beginning. That was funny, but we'll mention that actually. That's pretty funny. Oh my God. Yeah. We, judge, cops- we should mention that the bonus actually, whether it's, uh, whether it's, uh, it's ontologically, uh, uh, evil to, uh, go to a NYPD, uh, haunted house. Oh my God. Well, people are going to be mad at us. We'll talk about it. The bonus. <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to go just to like check it out just to check it out yeah just the cops made out. a haunted house folks they made as a haunted if house. it wasn't scary enough already that they exist they yeah. made a, a house of horrors, a house uh, of horrors designed to connect the nypd to the community with a fun fun halloween thing i don't know how how would you feel about being uh trapped in a house with a bunch of uh cops who might I, I, jump I, I, out I, at you from around the I, corner i feel like i feel like like in any black community that's overly uh policed that that's already living they're already living in a haunted house they're living in a haunted neighborhood right yeah so, i don't know <laughs> how it could get scarier <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i don't know like a bunch that. of psychopath racist rapidly racist psychopaths walking around with guns yeah i'm not sure i, mean, I guess if you dress them up like demons and shit it is a little scarier like zombies and shit (laughs) but like still not like it pales into comparison in the blah pales in comparison to the everyday reality yeah the everyday reality is is uh much more frightening so uh uh you know i would i would have mentioned too that like you know what could biden do right because i'm not like i'm not a I'm not like a into the parliamentarianism, into the horse race necessarily, into um, how the nuts and bolts of this system work because it's illegitimate to me, right? But I mean, we, we should know, right? I should know if I'm going to say that his executive order um, really doesn't do anything. So, uh, according to a report by the Congressional Research Service, which is a nonpartisan legislative agency, uh, Biden quote, and I'm reading this from a website that's quoting this report. Uh, Biden cannot deschedule marijuana unilaterally via executive or- order. Uh, the report also found that he might order executive agencies to consider either altering the scheduling of marijuana or changing their enforcement approach. So um, Biden does, Biden can appoint agency officials who favor descheduling or use executive orders to direct DEA, HHS, HHS and FDA uh, agencies to consider descheduling marijuana. So, I mean, I think the big thing here is that he can actually appoint people in these agencies, you know, so he could do that right now if he was serious about this, but he's not going to do that. And so it's just a a recommendation to the attorney general and the HHS secretary. Mm. Um, 
Oh my god, I'm yeah. so bored already. Yeah, dude. I <laughs> not, mean, this is not a- by you, obviously, but just by like this is always how it goes. Nothing yep. ever fucking gets done. I'll believe it when I see it. Dude, ex- exactly, man. And I mean, like, you know, th- even there's another thing you could do that's been done. The DOJ, he could direct the DOJ to exercise discretion to not prosecute some or all marijuana-related re- offenses. So, I mean, it's all these things that, like, he has control of these agencies. But there's also, like, this process. And, I don't know, just kind of like, I mean, we think we talked about it on the show before. And I know we've talked about electoral politics. We've had on politicians, um, you know, or candidates. Um, But, like, I think generally it's just the system is not really designed for anything good to happen. Or if good things happen, it happens really slowly. And as you mentioned, Jamie, I mean, it's good that he was even pushed to do this because of the organizing on the ground, you know. But... I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know if this, like, I, I don't know if I'm, am I going to see this in my lifetime? I mean, I hope so. It'd be insane if we didn't. I mean, we have to. That'd be fucking insane. Even saying that is frightening. Like, I'm on my deathbed and weed is still, like, in at least, like, a qu- like a quart of the states. You know what I'm saying? Like, weed is still illegal. I don't know. Well, man. I think it's going to be, uh, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a two-tiered thing. I think the more uh, left-leaning and notably sort of right-wing libertarian-leading states, because, mm. you know, got to include them in that. This is true. Uh, they're going to have a, a legalized marijuana. That's already happening. We finally have it here in New York. It took fucking long enough. It just I took know. until the governor had a scandal and needed to distract us with, uh, <laughs> with something that they could have done all along. But then, in you know, say the old Confederacy... They're gonna keep on doing what they do with the with the war on drugs, with the drug laws, and uh, you know until we have uh, another civil war to finish the job that Reconstruction <laughs> started. Yes, I think there's probably not much that uh, a Democrat in the White House can do about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, I mean, for anybody out there like that's cheering this on i mean i don't want to like rain or your parade or make it seem like you know you're not a real leftist or something like that because i mean you take w's where you can but also just got to be realistic and about the limitations um and also like the uh actual power that biden could exercise you know yeah. um, if he had the political will to do so so yeah that's right that's right well Speaking of, there's there's no good way to transition this. I don't know. Yeah, there, there, yeah, there is no good way to transition this at all. Speaking of guys yeah. in the public eye, we uh, there's been a little Kanye discourse yes. in the past. Uh, there's yet more. Every time I'm like, again, really? <laughs> leave dude, him dude. alone. But he doesn't leave us alone. So... Yeah, I get it. People are talking about him. You know, this kind of reminds me of, um, he reminds me of uh, somebody like Trump where, I mean, I know he's a fan of Trump. They're personal friends, as he said. But, like, you know, Trump was, like, always in the news. I mean, like, yeah, he's president, but Biden is president. But I don't know what Biden's doing every fucking hour of the day. Um, Kanye is very much in that Trumpian way where um, everything's just got to be about him, man. You know? Yep, and Biden also doesn't have an addiction to social media. Like, I'm not sure he even understands how to use it himself. Dog, so did, did you see the picture? We're not getting 
I mean, there's probably a lot of thoughts, a lot of funny Biden brain farts that we're not getting because of that. Nah, dog. Did you see the picture? Oh, man, I got to send it to you in the chat. Yo. I don't know if you saw it, but he's looking at a quantum computer, like like by some computer company. And I mean, it looks crazy. I don't know how to describe it. It's like this thing with like this thing with like six cylinders, like in a circle. I don't know that are gold, but it's like a quantum computer. And the look on his face, JB, is just like <laughs> like he's in awe. You know what Aww. I mean? <laughs> he's, he's like, yeah, dude. And I mean, to be fair, if I was fucking looking at some shit like that, they told me this quantum computer that could perform like you know billions of fucking computations like all simultaneously you know just explain this the science to me in tech i'd just be like yeah this is insane so yeah man uh biden biden is biden is not a he's not online stop not humanizing him to me <laughs> making him seem like he's just like a sad old man this is elder abuse yeah yeah no fuck yeah. him no nah, fuck it fuck it i guess and, that's uh, the dialectic yeah and i'd be like fuck fuck kanye west too man because um i mean I don't know. He's uh, he's back on Twitter, which, um, you know, and I promise we're talking about this, but I promise this has some relevancy. At least I think it does that I brought up. But um, he's uh, he's back on Twitter after getting kicked off of Instagram for um, implying that uh, P. Diddy was controlled by Jewish people. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know his exact comments, but apparently like. Diddy wanted to talk to him, and Diddy is on his own and say shit. Diddy has said, "The JB, this is ah oh man, I should have dropped yeah, the chat." What's he too. been up to, dog? All right, so he said, <laughs> "Oh fuck, man, ah, I wish I could remember the tweet now." He said something about like he's going to saw God. I can't remember now. He's basically on a mission to like, like, uh, like I don't know, save Black America. Um, I forgot how he said he was going to do that. I think he said he was going to buy up some companies or some shit like that. But mm. it's kind of similar to Ice Cube saying he had a black plan for a, a plan for black America, which is basically like black capitalism. So mm. so D Diddy is uh, is using his 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 platform in the wake of Black Lives Matter and the uprising to, uh, to you know, uh, push black capitalism and call Kanye in because um, in Kanye's saying that he's controlled by jewish people which uh okay. i mean well. yeah i mean like that's just that's well deserved to get kicked off of instagram man i mean you are you were spouting uh anti-semitic tropes but uh he got back on twitter and he posted a 2024 hat um which i found listen i'm a messy motherfucker man so uh i the, the idea of him running for president is just more of the spectacle that i can like I can uh, eat out of the trough. You know, that's uh, oh, that's boy. pretty insane. Well, what you've just described are mm. the two primary poles of American political. I don't want to say power mm. because they seem like they're deadlocked more often than not. But you know, the the American political uh, conception. Right. Mm. On the one hand, there's like this sort of woke capitalism represented by the Democrats. Mm. And on the other hand, there's just this fucking, you know, QAnon insanity yeah. <laughs> represented by the right. And like, those are the only two things that most people know about in politics. And that just drives me insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like you we're know, fucked. Yeah. We're fucked if that's all there is. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, when it's somebody like him, like this is I feel like he 
yeah, obviously, yo, he's like mentally ill, right? And this doesn't excuse the anti-Semitic remarks, but like, you know, and I'll get into it a little bit later, but I feel like he's just echoing these like tropes that are like not as uncommon as you might think in America. Like, I mean, America's like, like low key, like not even low key, high key and low key, the ambient background noise, like anti-Semitism, you know? And I mean, yes, but black anti-black racism as well. But I mean, it's just like, these are just common tropes, right? Um, and apparently yo he he got back on twitter i wasn't on twitter this day but he got back on twitter and said he's going uh death con which i don't know if that's a typo from him i don't know if he meant death con which is like uh an emergency uh i mean it seems like a bit of clever wordplay on yeah. his part yes yeah which is fucking like freaky dog like death con 3 on jewish people like what are you talking about like a holocaust 2.0 in like case, that's uh, in case uh <laughs> In case you didn't realize that DEFCON 3 on Jewish people was like sort of uh, an incitement to violence, he's going to call it DEFCON with a TH. DEFCON 3 with the TH. Make it sound a little bit bit, uh, edgy, but but not as serious, right? Um, And I mean, this is all to say this is like coming in the wake of him going on Tucker Carlson, which I didn't watch. I didn't watch that shit. Um, I watched a little bit of it. It was left- funny to watch Tucker try to keep a straight face when he was just talking uh, gobbledygook about how he's on a mission from God and uh, his uh, White Lives Matter shirt was divinely inspired. Yo, can I can I can I play this clip really quick, yo? Um, um, it's like two minutes because it's just Do like it. this is him. Um, hold up, let me find this. So this is him talking about. I mean, these interviews. Oh are yeah, same. this is this is what this is what I was referring to. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. This is him. It's, this is uh, th- it's wild. So, so this is him saying that there's a couple, but he at the Paris Fashion Week, he um. All right, I found it. He debuted a White Lives Matter shirt, and on Tucker Carlson, he went and Tucker asked him um, what, why he did that, and this is what he said. So you made reference to the White Lives Matter t-shirt, mm-hmm. which you brought out at Paris Fashion Week. Yeah. Why, why did you do that, and what did it mean? You know, I did. I do certain things from a feeling. I like... I just, I just channeled the energy. It just feels right. It's using a gut instinct, a connection with God, and just brilliance. You know, like as if you ask, like Tanya Harding, how she did the the triple flip or the triple spin. Yeah. She was in so much practice that when it was time for her to skate in a in a, comp, in a competitive format. It just happened. Like it happened outside of practice. It happened in the real format, and that's what hap- that's what's happening. Is God is like preparing us for the real for the real battles, and we are we are in a battle with the media. Like the majority of the media has a, a godless agenda, and the jokes in that work and this whole like oh yeah he's crazy and all these things they don't work because the media has you know they've also watch travesties happen just even specifically to me and just watch it and act like it wasn't happening and they stay quiet about it i mean there you know i didn't actually watch the, all of that and this is kind of I think what i was kind of saying before is like harking like saying is that 
there are real concerns that people have that like he people like him and people like Trump have spoken to and this even appeals to black people or non-white people right and obviously I know as well like you know this is guy's mentally ill and he shouldn't be on the news like talking about this shit and he also loves the attention but uh like this is like you know this is just I think an interesting dynamic right as we descend uh more and more into the collapse you know I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's hard to know what to say <laughs> about <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to do armchair psychology. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, but like, I do think, I mean, he is a deeply weird celebrity <laughs> who yeah. is also mentally ill. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I would caution us against trying to extrapolate some wider message about black America's relationship to mm. Trump from mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it is concerning that this, uh, this ideology, this mm-hmm. movement is gaining. I mean, if we can call it a movement when it's like a lot of atomized people still mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. this, uh, it is true that it's gained a little bit of support among, uh, racial minorities, mm-hmm. which, is kind of baffling on its face because you're like, well, these pe- it's like openly racist. Why would they yeah. why would they sign on to that? But that's implying that like the politics of anyone in this country ever really make coherent sense. And mm. I think, you know, for like to have politics like you and I do, it's it's nerd shit. It's rare. You know, to be like, oh, yes, I am situated on the far left of the political spectrum and my specific tendency is Marxist-Leninist or <laughs> yeah, yeah, anarcho-communist. Yeah. You know, most yeah. people, uh, it's a hodgepodge of random shit. Mm-hmm. And I guess on that level, Kanye maybe is more average than I just uh, just said he was. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I think some of it has to do with like he is a little Trumpian and that he has uh he's pretty much driven by like petty personal grievances. Mm-hmm. So I do have to wonder how much of this is just like the fact that the people Kanye has beef with happen to be liberals right yeah. now. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't know, if his ex wife was like uh really and uh really in, if his ex-wife was like i don't know fucking ron DeSantis, right he'd probably mm. be he'd probably be a fucking biden bro right now yeah. you yeah. know like yeah. it might not might not be as deep as people think it is but the the tanya harding comparison is funny because she's another person who uh i mean i saw the movie did you see the movie yeah i saw the movie so, like, yeah, you could say she's a misunderstood figure. You could say she was, you know, she had a hard life, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. She did some really shitty things that, like, that people don't do. She was a vengeful person, yo. <laughs> Not going to fucking lie. So, um, like, on that level, maybe it's kind of apt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you were when you were talking, I was thinking about, like, um, like not extrapolating, like, you know, anything from this that speaks like to something larger about the black community um and, you know i looked into it because i like i have a friend when with this whole elon thing and this whole like yay thing i had a friend i'm not gonna mention by name obviously that um or i had a friend that 
I went to high school with. And we were really good friends. And I was thinking about him, man, because, I mean, he's black, his mom's Jamaican, and he's this type of dude that isn't apolitical necessarily, but politics seem to revolve around independence and rejection of authority and self-sufficiency. And, I mean, I could say anecdotally that support in the black community support for Trump in the black community is based on financial prosperity. I mean, this is like, I mean, going back to somebody like, um, I mean, I'm trying to remember the guy's name, original black conservative. Why am I blanking out right now? Um, there's not that many. There's not that many. I know there's not that many. And I do not remember his name. Um, but even someone like Thomas Sowell, right? Sowell, right. I can't remember who I'm originally thinking of. Um, it'll probably come to me later, but there's this, this is like, self-reliance right you know that white people aren't going to give anything to you so you might as well you know uh uh, like you know stake out your own claim and pull yourself up by your bootstraps you know and i don't know i just want to mention that like to that like trump did see a small increase in support from black men um he only won like eight percent of black vote which was two percent gain from 2016 and 12 percent of black men voted for him so i don't know like I mean, people in the black community I know that I've spoken to have said that he would, like my dad even said that he would run the country like a business, you know? Mm. So that's that's something, again, that is not like, I mean, it's not worrisome, right? I'm not worried about black people or non-white people joining the Republican Party in mass. But I think it does speak to the appeal of reactionary American politics, right? To even non-white people, you know? And it is transparently racist, but the Republicans are trying to talk about economics now right and they're trying to claim that they're the party of the working class right and the democrats are the party of capital. communism <laughs> yeah hashtag, actually that's a yeah that was actually uh if we were segueing to that well we'll see uh that no would way. that would be a good segue but yeah, yeah yeah i mean yeah they we've talked about this at, at length i think mm-hmm. just the idea that at least the republicans are acknowledging at least mm-hmm. trump is acknowledging that something's wrong mm-hmm. and people are angry uh versus like america is already great and has always been great like that is a real thing um it's also a real thing to be just sort of you know like ooh, trump's he's he's gonna he's gonna like fuck up the status quo you know he's gonna burn everything down and not really thinking about it that deeply beyond that which Mm. is an impulse that could feed into either left or right-wing populism and which way it goes, which way a person goes depends largely on cultural factors, like where Mm -hmm. you live, who your family is. Uh, It's not usually something that just, you know, they come up with on their own because they have like real strength of character and that's what makes you a left populist or you're Mm -hmm. like a, a fucking bad person and that's what makes you go right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about the average person here who might vote. I'm not talking about like, quote unquote, thought leaders or whatever. I think no. we have to have different standards for those. Yeah. Also, too, you talk, if you're talking about like people kind of like adapting the politics of whatever kind of cultural or social milieu, milieu they're in. Um, you know, like the Republicans, uh, there was this really good article um, it came out, I think it was over the summer, 
in uh, The American Prospect by Alexander Salmon. Um, and it's called the RNC's Ground Game uh, of Inches. And basically, it talks about the GOP making inroads with the black community um, and communities of color by setting up like these Black Panther style community centers and also preying on racial tension between black and indigenous communities. And I just want to oh, read God. like, I'm going to read this quote because this is like, this is like the shit that this is. And I'm, I'll read the quote because they're, they're, they're actually like aware of Black Panther style organizing, right? So uh, the first quote is, uh, quote, the community centers were established to bore the opening further, making the appeal directly to racial minorities inside their communities with an extremely offline grassroots offering. This wasn't a soft sell. The centers beckoned potential voters with everything from movie nights to free dinners to holiday, par to holiday parties to gun safety trainings thrown by local organizers and paid for by your friends at the RNC, which has dedicated millions of dollars to the program. If those tactics sound familiar, that's because they were once used to great effect by groups as varied as the Black Panthers in Oakland or Democrats in New York's Tammany Hall. And, um... This, this this shit is crazy too. Um, this is this is them preying on the tension between Black and Indigenous communities. Um, quote in June 2020, a small Black Lives Matter protest took to the streets, beginning from the UNC Pembroke campus. Estimates put the march's attendance at around 150 people, demonstrating as thousands of American towns did against police violence. The march didn't get far before it was set upon by an armed and agitated Lumbee counter-protest. 300 strong, probably more than that, said the Reverend Tyron, Tyrone Watson, president of the Robeson NAACP, who was among the demonstrators. They had uh, automatic rifles and handguns. It was something you would see in the 50s. So, I mean, this is like, you know, like indigenous native people. Um, the article mentions that they're waving Trump flags um, versus a crowd of black Black Lives Matter protesters, and the GOP is uh, sure they're cynically um, opening community centers in a show of accord, you know, of um, like uh, putting an arm out, but they're also cynically, you know, preying upon like you know tensions that have been stoked by the right for a very long time, you know, or by even just white American politics for a very long time. So yeah, that's geez. a, yeah, man, that's a, that's, that's a little troubling. Eh. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, they're doing something that, uh, that we need to be doing, which yes. is, you know, try to provide for people's immediate needs. Yes. People like they want to go, they, they're going to trust whoever seems like they can do that. So whether it's Tammany hall or whether it's, I mean, forgive me for not believing that this is really going to go that far. Mm -hmm. but, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, I just don't see it happening. Um, but like, Yes, this is why I'm always going on and on about mutual aid and things like that, uh, because we gotta be we gotta be providing for the people. We gotta mm -hmm. be showing that we actually care as leftists about the communities that we live in, um, and we gotta show that we can kind of like run shit, you know, yeah. <laughs> when the shit yeah. hits the fan. Um, like I would rather have people going to one of my local. Uh, radical community centers when this shit hits the fan to try to get food and supplies and whatnot distributed, then, you know, whatever the uh, the fascist right has set up 
for mm-hmm. itself. And mm-hmm. uh, that's we. That's why it's so important to me. Like, we got to do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you think about, like, how is it that masses of people were on board with, like, revolutions, you know, for years of, like, you know, fighting, you know, imperial powers, fighting capitalist forces within a country. And, I mean, you had to, like, communist, socialist, communist parties, they had to, like, appeal, you know, to the people through direct mutual aid, right, through actually, like, being there, you know, mm-hmm. instead of... I mean, if we're talking about electoral politics in the fashion of like the way the Democrats Democrats run campaigns, um, instead of you know telling black and brown communities to vote every two to four years, you know, um, you know, I mean, we have the right, the right, which, and again, Jamie, you said as you said, like um, the right is so transparently racist that this is not going to fucking go anywhere. I mean, and it's not because the Democrats or liberals are good at messaging to black people. Right. I mean, yeah. is and, and I hate to say, I hate to put it like that. And that's just why like Democrats like I mean, I mean, I can't say that Democrats need to watch out. What I should say is that we need to be careful because what happens is that black people really do say, well, I'm not going to vote for the Republicans. Right. Even though I know that the Democrats are, you know, not perfect. Right. It's the shiniest of two turds. Right. But I mean, that only demoralizes people. Right. And that only means that I think like sometimes on the left too, like. I mean, you have organizations and groups who they almost operate in the same way that racial liberalism does, where they only come around when like I'm thinking of the uprising. Right. And how many organizations who hadn't been who hadn't been doing work on the ground in black communities suddenly took the opportunity because of the uprising. Right. To kind of try to make inroads with those communities. I'm not saying that's bad, but it's about building a base there. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we gotta, we gotta do it. We gotta <laughs> like, do it, man. We gotta do it. We gotta fucking. I mean, the Black Panthers did a great job of not only providing for people's immediate material needs, but also mm. their intellectual needs with yes. the political education programs, and uh, you know, it became like a home where people did politics. It just became like it. it w- there's a reason why the government killed so many of them. They were pretty good at what they were doing. Um, They were also, you know, using sort of a a multiracial working class lens with all of it. You know, they stood in solidarity, not only with black people, but with oppressed people everywhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's a very dangerous idea. Um, So I see I get I get a little frustrated. I mean, this is one thing that annoyed me about DSA. Like mm-hmm. when it came time to set up some mutual aid, uh, it was slow. It was clunky. There were a lot of disagreements about it. And then I, I'm like, okay, well, this is, uh, this is the kind of work I would like to do. So, um, I'm going to go do it where it's happening. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that lately has been a, bl- a little place called Woodmine Space in the, in the neighborhood. It's a cool, cool little radical space. And I saw, I actually, fun story time. I mm. actually went to the free store that they did the other day. And uh, I brought an old guitar that my boyfriend doesn't play anymore. Yeah. I thought that would be a good, good donation. You know, it's not the mm. nicest guitar, but it's a guitar. And uh, so a, a bag of clothes, a bag of nice 
pretty nice clothes, you know. Don't worry, mm-hmm. I'm not giving them the shitty ones. The mm-hmm. shitty ones go in the garbage. The shitty, shitty, shitty clothes with holes in it and shit like that. No. Yeah, no, pretty <laughs> no, good no. ones. No, no. Um, that I don't wear anymore. And I saw, because you know, DSA will do things and they'll have high hopes for attracting like a different demographic than usually comes to DSA events, mm-hmm. and usually doesn't really work that way. This was like a ton of people from the community from the just the immediate surrounding community in Ridgewood. A ton of people who only speak Spanish were there just like hanging out, getting clothes. I gave the guitar to a woman who like, I felt bad because I was like really hungover at first and it took me a minute to like figure out what she was trying to say to me mm-hmm. <laughs> in Spanish. But I was like, oh shit, you want this guitar, you want this guitar for your son. Here you go. And I was like, cool, man. But then, you know, they try to do a, a polyette thing and there's like 10 people there and it's always <laughs> the same 10 people. So I'm like, what if we could combine the sort of mass politics that DSA is attempting to do with the sort of, you know, community minded mutual aid that they're doing at some of the more, uh, shall we say, anarchist adjacent mm-hmm. spaces and orgs and, mm-hmm. you know, somehow get polyed in the mix in a way that attracts more than uh more than the same 10 people i think we'd really be in business yeah i mean like you know the way to like you know people's hearts is through their bellies man and the way to their minds as well you know what i'm saying like and i don't mean that just by feeding people but i mean materially providing for them right you know that's when like you build trust and like yeah you sneak in a little bit of political education man because at the end of the day that's uh that's that's what we're all hoping for the increasing of class consciousness right that's right well maybe we should maybe we should set up a little elc uh mutual aid and poly ed stores store yeah yeah, we should in little in little uh in little uh in communities yeah free stores you know just like get them get them everywhere yeah, yeah, <laughs> get a, yeah, we could probably start in like w- the places we live, but uh, yeah, maybe yeah. someday we'll have our street team doing it all over the place. Yeah, I'm, I'm delivering mutual aid to folks, especially, uh, I don't know, I think about like like climate disaster and like what's to come. And I'm like, more and more, it's uh, looking around at my neighbors and the people in my life. And I'm like, yeah, this is this is it, man. This is like yeah. who this is who we're going to have to rely on, you know. Yeah. Oh god. I've had this conversation with Jorge a bunch of times lately too. Like mm. uh looking around at who we're working with, who's in DSA, like mm. this might be all this might be all that we have. <laughs> like yeah. when the, <laughs> yeah, when the shit goes down whatever that means, this might be this might be what we've got. And yeah. that's a little bit scary to think about, but it really makes me think that we got to like, I don't know. I might, I think I'm going to go crawling back to DSA pretty soon. Cause, yeah. uh, if anything, the poly ed could use, uh, I mean, it's great. I like what Jorge's doing with it. Um, oh. but like for what it's worth, I think it's a good idea to have a bunch of people who are, who've read, who've read some marks, read some theory, mm. You know, it's it's happened before. Before you all look at me like I'm crazy. It's happened before. Regular working class people, you know, they got together, they read some marks, and then, oh, what do you know? They overthrew a government. Now, I'm not saying that it would be easy to do that in this country, but uh, uh, we got to try. We got to try, you know, and um, 
I've been thinking about getting back into organizing too. I've been feeling perpetually guilty from from not doing anything. So I'm looking at a PSL down here in Atlanta. Um, and just I don't know, man. That's why it's like it's important to actually like like go out there and like not even just have these exclusive little book clubs, you know. But like, and I don't know, I'm saying this as a podcaster, but like to actually go out there and like try to bring people in, and that can be difficult. It can be yeah. difficult. I'm not gonna lie, but it needs to be done though, you know. Well, the GOP is putting us to shame. Yes, the GOP <laughs> is putting us to shame, and and Kanye West is a uh, is a uh, speaking the. Uh, the quiet part or the quiet part out loud and in, in, in more ways than one, but especially when he's talking about the, uh, the media, when he's talking about, I mean, he even brought up Trump, you know, even though he called Trump his friend, he said that, you know, when politicians, um, they just use black people, they just make promises to them to use them for their vote. Right. Um, and for support. And, uh, that is something that like, People know that broad segments of the electorate, not just black people, but poor working class uh, white people know, too. And uh, it's it's troubling. It's troubling when you see the right that the right preying upon these insecurities and um, liberals aren't really doing much. Yeah. Yeah. But back to the Jews, though. Back, yeah, back um, to the Jews, though. Back to the Jews. I, uh, I don't want to, like, belabor the Kanye mm. stuff, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I do think... A lot of it is driven by mental illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think people just people see him saying anti-Semitic shit and they're like, oh, you know, he's racist against Jews. But anti-Semitism yeah. has like a, a rather specific, uh, rather specific history and specific mm. uh, purpose in mm-hmm. the right wing imaginary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Jews are the center of a lot of conspiracy theories Mm. that uh i've heard described by i forget who said this but like socialism for idiots Mm. basically (laughs) like uh, or you know for people who just haven't had proper political education they can figure out that something's wrong with the world and that things seem you know pretty unfair maybe Mm. there's a group one group of people perhaps that has an inordinate amount of power and the rest of us are just uh pawns in their game and, you know, you could read a little Chomsky and be like, that's capitalists. Or you could uh, be like an organic intellectual or mm-hmm. maybe not intellectual, but, you know, <laughs> an organic conspiracy theorist and be like, oh, yeah, the Jews, the Illuminati, yada, yada. And one thing that is true about people with uh, serious mental illness like schizophrenia or uh, bipolar disorder, like the, the the more extreme version, which I believe is what Kanye has, um, mm. they're susceptible to conspiracy theories. So, yes. like, when you... I've seen... I used to have a guy in my neighborhood who was always... You know, when he was when he was chilled out, he was always very nice, and then occasionally I'd see him, like, ranting about the Jews. And uh, I don't know. I didn't take it personally. <laughs> I was like, okay, this guy is uh, probably schizophrenic, and he's been fed some fucking conspiracy theories so i just before we like condemn Mm. him i just want to understand like where this comes from you know absolutely and yo i'm I'm so happy you said that too dude because like look it does bother me sometimes when black people are almost made to apologize for somebody slipping up or somebody fucking up and i will say that it does bother me when i see white people like 
like kind of like piling on like a, like you know a, a, a notable black person in this sort of way because it seems like something that's very easy for white people to fall into and do so i'm just kind of happy you brought that up jamie because yeah his ant- comments are anti-semitic but his mental illness possibly makes him more susceptible to conspiracy theories and just you know don't don't get too you know uh i guess keep that in mind when if you're thinking about this issue you know because yeah. uh it fucking sucks man it sucks like you know? i'm I, I'm not saying that he isn't probably an asshole. Mm. But <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a fucking asshole. Sure. It's not, he's not the only one to blame here. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot that goes into this, you know, certainly including the weird celebrity culture that we live in and the fucking news media and mm. the, uh, the opportunistic way that the right wing media will seize on anyone saying anything that they that serves their agenda so yeah probably not i'm I'm gonna say that uh tucker carlson does not have kanye's interests his best interests in mind tucker carlson has uh, never listened to a kanye song tucker carlson has never willingly listened to a kanye song he's probably walked in somewhere where they were playing a kanye song i doubt he has ever listened to a kanye west song sincerely doubt no no, I mean, I would like to be a fly on the wall, though. <laughs> yeah. for that. Maybe now, maybe now, because like he's friends with all these high profile right wing guys. Yeah. Maybe uh, yeah. I would love to see some footage of them like uh, trying to groove at a Kanye concert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I heard, too? Actually, I heard that uh, speaking of other right wing guys that he's uh, buddies with uh, in the I don't have a clip of it, but in the same uh tucker carlson interview not only did he consider running for 20 running for president in 2024 which i guess speaks to the 2024 hat in his uh, first tweet back he also was gonna ask like uh, was it trump 2024 nah 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 it was just a 2020 it was just the numbers 2024 it didn't say trump kanye anything um Mm, on the bill of the hat enticing i know yo he's dropping these little nugs man i like it um like like it's an album almost man you know (laughs) well that's Um, how trump does politics too he learned from the best he did he did learn from him he learned from trump it's uh you know like a feedback loop yeah it's it's a virtuous uh virtuous cycle but um he said that uh speaking of uh, right-wing uh white boys that he's friends with he said that uh the next president should uh invite appoint him and elon musk uh, to their cabinet um so uh that you know man maybe that's why he came back to twitter too man because he got kicked he, he got temporarily restricted from instagram and maybe elon texted him and it was like yo man um i'm gonna be i'm gonna be running this shit it's gonna be you and me and we're gonna do fucking great things and kanye oh was like God. word <laughs> wow i just hope he gives trump his account back yeah man that's what i really i saw i dude this is i think i got like i think i got like trolled like some facebook like it was like facebook level misinformation and i thought it was real but i saw a tweet that said that um twitter gave him back his account and i thought it was real i got really excited one could only hope well that is that is cute maybe kanye and elon can have like a little divorced dads club together yeah on twitter yeah they can have rants they're just like just get together you know and talk about how their ex-wives are mean yeah yeah. and uh they're like you know white lives matter getting getting the kids vaccinated against their will and all that 
yeah. and how the yeah. uh, the woke left is um and the the, the woke media destroying uh, culture and manhood. Uh, yeah. You know, it's good to have friends. Yeah. I'm I mean, certainly not going to be friends with either of those guys. So no, no, <laughs> I'm glad well, they know, found each other. Yeah, exactly. I was just about to say, man, I'm glad they found each other. And uh, I guess everyone needs friends, you know. And um, Kanye needs help, man. You know. Uh. uh but also, yeah. he's fucking rich, man. He's also fucking rich, so fuck him. Yeah. It's the dialectic. It's the dialectic, dog. It's yeah. the dialectic. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well. Uh, you got. You got. You got anything else timely I'm, for this I'm, little? I'm trying to think. Uh, oh free, yeah. Little free part. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. It's one, okay if you don't. No. 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 Maybe one thing. Um. One thing I did want to mention. Um. Going out. Uh. I didn't put this on the the docket, but uh. You know, I don't really want to talk about the specifics of it because I don't know anything about what's going on in Ukraine. I know some shit blew up, but I did see uh, this tweet, and I guess I want to talk to you about it from Michael Tracy, and it's a sentiment oh, that boy. I've been—it's a sentiment. It's—it's—it's it's, it's not one of his worst tweets, but I mean, it's a sentiment that I've seen from the likes of Matty Iglesias too, and um, other uh, other pundits, whether they're weird, whatever the fuck, Michael Tracy is reactionary shit, or well. Maddie Iglesias is also reactionary, but liberal shit. Um, uh, Armageddon, World War Three. Uh, I've seen the sentiment, like as Michael Tracy said, that why is no one freaking out about World War Three? Um, and I mean, I think it's pretty fucking obvious that like everyday fucking people have things that are imminently more threatening or dangerous to them than the prospect of nuclear war. But um, yeah, man, we're, uh, I feel like every three months since the Ukraine war, we're cycling back to a World War III nuclear war discussion. I you mean, know, we also just live in a state of constant threat. Exactly. So, like, <laughs> exactly. I guess, I mean, at least speaking for myself, every now and then it like hits me all over again and I have a moment. But most of the time, I just kind of ignore that stuff and try yeah. to live my life because otherwise I would be immobilized with terror. And that's... Yeah. Uh, not conducive to getting things done yeah yeah i mean only somebody like michael tracy or Manny Iglesias who you know and i'm not hating in this respect because i mean i do it too i work from the computer but these guys like sit on their asses all day and say the most deranged shit and uh you have the privilege to worry about nuclear armageddon uh, uh people are still going to be working when the bomb is dropping i'm telling you i'm gonna tell you that so Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, they still had to go to work during COVID. Yeah. And that was an apocalypse of a sort. That was a dystopian. Um, well, that was a dystopian in its own way. Absolutely. I mean, work, working class people still had to go to work during yeah. COVID. Yeah. Many of them. Unless they were service workers, in which case their place of work was shut down. And a lot of them couldn't get unemployment, which was really... Uh, also quite shitty. And it turns out the PPP money did not uh, mostly go to keeping people paid when their place of work was shut down. No. So, and, and also be mindful, fun. too, that uh, places that weren't shut down, like restaurants, um, line cooks uh, were uh, the top uh, uh, job to be uh, killed by COVID. Yeah. You know? Yep. So, uh, and people just kind of just kind of dealt with it from day yeah. to day because what choice did they have? They were, like, they were they were essential workers um, until the six months later, not even nine months, not even a year. There was a about face uh, where they were told to go back to work. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of Station Eleven 
Like mm. when like the flu is spreading all over the world and people know at this point that it's they they're probably gonna die, mm. right? It's curtains for them. And that character, Miranda, goes to uh she still goes to the presentation mm-hmm. that they're doing for mm-hmm. the client in uh yeah. I think Malaysia. Malaysia, yeah, somewhere somewhere, yeah, somewhere in Southeast Asia, right, yeah. Yeah, because people, they just, I mean, yeah, on one level, uh, they're being made to go to work on another level. And I think the people in this show are an example of that because they're more like C-suite types than essential workers. Although, Mm -hmm. no, they're doing logistics. So that is also essential workers. But they're like higher up, you know, they're not working Mm -hmm, in the warehouse. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Like people just don't know what else to do. Yeah. Which yeah. is also like a scary, scary thought, right? But that's how that's how capitalism operates. It's not just that somebody is forcing you to work every single day. Uh, it's the it's the effects the the more insidious effects of sort of ideology, you know, on mm-hmm. your brain thinking mm-hmm. or the people who are like, well, you know, what would people do if they weren't being forced to work a job that they didn't like? Like, they just can't even imagine any other way of making things or producing the world. Exactly. Yeah. And that's yeah. uh, something we gotta, we gotta change. Well, I mean, it's, uh, it's like that um, Zizek or uh, Jameson quote attributed to either one of them. I don't know who, but it's easier to imagine the end of the world than the end of capitalism, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, the fact that, like, uh, as you brought up in Station Eleven, like, I mean, or even right now during COVID or during the uh, supposed looming threat of nuclear apocalypse, uh, you know, people can't imagine not doing anything else. And I think it's whether it's, you know, like, uh, like I said, looming apocalypse or even if it's we kind of mentioning touching on uh, black people join the Republican Party or I mean, I don't know, Biden's marijuana reform policy. It's a, uh, I don't mean it's like I don't know say it a lot, but it's actually like talking to people, man. You know, and meeting people where they're at. You know, because that's like the only way. And every every day, I like wake up and look at the news, and I feel that like sort of like looming existential dread. And I know the collapse is not going to be some immediate thing that happens in one fell swoop i mean like it's already happening slowly but it, it could just always feels, get worse aaron yeah it dude could always it, get worse dude it can always get worse and it's accelerated so um you know there we need to get our shit together man <laughs> need to start getting our shit together you know yeah yeah <laughs> well i mean one thing that i am trying to do mm. uh is just to say Say the words over and over again mm. until it seems less crazy to people, but also to myself yeah. that, uh, you know, the system cannot be saved. It cannot be fixed. Mm. We're not going to get a fucking capitalism that works for everyone because no. that's not what capitalism does. And the only way out of this, the only way to f- unfuck the world is through revolution. The mm. workers have to take control of the means of production. We gotta take that shit back. Now, I'm not gonna say specifically what I think that will involve in the free (laughs) half of the episode, but it's probably not gonna be easy. Um, I I, I don't think our side should start any kind of violence, but uh, we didn't start the the violence. If if the other side does, 
then we need to defend ourselves. I feel like I'm allowed to say that. Who knows? Uh, and not lose legitimacy in the eyes of the people through all of these different things that we've been talking about, you know, through providing for people's material needs, through providing for their intellectual needs to, you know, learn and understand the world, um, all that shit. Like the the only the only way to do all of this is it's got to be it's got to be the rev you know Stalin said it not Stalin but I'm sorry <laughs> hell um, yeah Jamie there you go Stalin I'm did trying. say it as well but I was referring yeah. to Lenin God I'm tired in uh, state and rev you know uh, yeah Stalin Stalin said a lot of things too um, but now, yeah. now people are gonna call me people are already gonna fucking call me a tanky I also I'll tell people too I don't care like what like people call I don't give a shit man like. None of those labels matter to me, but um, as Jamie's, you said it's only going to be the rev, man. You know, got to do the thing. Got to so do like, the thing, man. I don't know if it will make it any more or less likely for people to fucking try that we're like talking about it on a podcast. But you know, oh, on the not. off on the off chance that it does, <laughs> I'm gonna keep on doing it. I mean, I think what we have to do. Last thing I'll say is, what we have to um, we have to psychically steal ourselves. Um, not only do we have to um, organize and, you know, this is going to make me sound like a, a survivalist uh, prepper guy, but, you know, uh, also uh, equip ourselves with the skills and knowledge necessary um, to survive. Um, but also you got to psychically steal yourself, man. Um, and I'll, I'll last thing actually, I'll say, uh, I was thinking about this, that uh, like apocalypse and extinction level events have happened numerous times, like throughout history. Uh, 99.9% .9 of life that has ever lived has gone extinct. Um, entire cultures, human cultures, have been um, eradicated and changed and nearly eradicated. Um, so, uh, the root of the word apocalypse, I think in uh, the Latin, is like rebirth. So, uh, it, it, the rev doesn't necessarily uh, mean a. Uh, it's a new beginning is what it is. So there's there's that to look forward to, you know. The there's rest that is still to. unwritten. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I feel like that should be our new song. That, sh that should be the go that should definitely be the uh the end song, the going out song for this I'm like, episode. I'm like so Remember sick that. of the one that we have now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, so we should. Me too. I'm like, to even if we don't change our name, we gotta we, change the music. We have to change the music. Paul's hearing this for the first time. He's like, "Why did y'all fucking tell me that?" <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Paul. No, I but mean, uh, yeah, I haven't hate it. I asked him too. to change it, but we definitely should. We said we said this in the meeting like a couple of like weeks ago at the Zoom meeting. We were like, "Yo, we've all been we've all hated this shit and never said anything to each other." about it yeah. i don't know why yeah well but. you know i don't always listen to the show i never listen to the show yeah. dude oh okay <laughs> so, like, <laughs> i don't listen to the show so people can't be mad at me because i'll be like i don't even remember saying that because yeah. i didn't even listen to it can't get in trouble if you don't remember saying it nope might as well yeah, not have so existed that's a there's a lot of people who wish that was true. Yeah, no, a lot, people, a lot of people. But Kanye wishes that was true right now. Oh God, mm, yeah. Mm, mm. What is I? I mean, look, fuck him, but also I have empathy for him. That's my, that's hey, my take. Hey, listen, man, I got I got two pairs of Yeezys, three pairs of Yeezys in my closet, man. I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't be a complete fucking hypocrite. Also, he's a black man, dog. Like, I'm not going, I'm not going to sit there and let a. Uh, let people, uh, I mean, shit, I don't care if people fucking drag him in the mud. Just be nuanced, man. Also, uh, I don't know. Like, black people, don't, don't, don't be Republicans. Don't do that. 
So things are getting crazier in general, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, you know, one thing that happens as capitalism decays, implodes mm-hmm. upon itself, uh, is that uh, conspiracy theories are, they, they, they really make a comeback. Like uh, Anna Merlin wrote a good book about them. And she said that, uh, you know, some of the things, some of the elements that make conspiracy theories more likely to spread and proliferate and come to the fore is when people feel politically powerless Mm -hmm. and sort of, you know, disenfranchised by the system. And, you know, this is true across the board for both right, left, and, you know... A lot of conspiracists are kind of a mishmash of right mm-hmm. and left that doesn't really make coherent sense to us on the political spectrum. So um, in that sense, it makes sense, right, that these uh, would be affecting people, not just Kanye, and yeah. there would be more anti-Semitism as a result. Also, yeah. you know... It's, it's more xenophobia as a, as a result as well. Yeah, because, you know, fucking fascism is capitalism and decay. We've said it so many times. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, fucking cliche at this point, but it's true. So we're go- I think we're going to see a lot more crazy, uh, crazy politics, right-wing populism, uh, anti-Semitism, all that. That's actually, all that bad uh, stuff. It's actually um, a great segue uh, into the, uh, the bonus that, that we're going to do because we're going to be talking about... Uh, a new, um, a new, new ideology uh, just dropped, um, and uh, <laughs> that is that is MAGA communism, which I think Jamie is perfect example of um, the 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 weird shit as uh, as the contradictions uh, reveal themselves and the material conditions worsen. Yep. Um, I think that we're we're gonna see more. Uh, did did you see did you see this uh, before we go? Did you see that Adam Curtis is coming out with a new documentary um, about it's from the, so it's the Soviet Union from oh Jesus what is it from I think it's from 1985 to 1999 and there's this really um, troubling scene where this kid is wearing a shirt that I didn't realize what the shirt was until he did this he put up a fist like you know the solidarity fist that then turned into the uh, the Nazi salute. Um, and oh, he was boy. wearing a he was wearing a Nazbol National Bolshevism shirt, um, which uh, it seems a lot like what we're what we're seeing in this mega communism shit, man. Um, uh, 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 echoes of something like that, which is a uh, trouble. Oh, yeah. Well, that that was a good segue. Thank you. So, yes, yes. yeah, I guess you guys, if you really want to know about this hot new trend that we're both really into, you're gonna have to meet us behind the paywall mm-hmm. in the bonus and we will tell you all about it we will we'll do the reading so you don't fucking have to for that one yeah i i really went down a rabbit hole on this you yo i did not you know what you you did the reading <laughs> for me too i did not think to be fair i did do it with the trolls too as well but i just we didn't we think we were too dumbfounded to really approach this with any um, even half serious mindedness. So I'm appreciate that you did this for not only me, but for the, uh, not only the audience, but for me, Jamie, I, not only for our patrons, well, but for me. I was happy to do it. Uh, oh, yeah. Hopefully, like, obviously this article does not deserve the serious treatment, but it felt not. like a nice little value add that I could bring. So, you know, at the same time that we're reading this brain rotting garbage that may or may not have any real world relevance, we're also learning a little bit of a little bit of useful things. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Let's, let's fucking do it. So, so join us there. And in the meantime, uh, I don't know. Do we still say do the reading? I mean, do the reading. Do, do the, the reading. thinking. Do the thinking. Protect your neck. Protect your neck. Um, stay safe out there. And uh, bye bye. My mama was raised in the era when clean water was only served to the fairer skin. Doing clothes, you would have thought I had help, but they wasn't satisfied unless I picked the car and myself. You see, it's broke, nigga, race him. That's that don't touch anything in the stove. And it's rich, nigga, race him. That's that come in, please buy more. What you want? A Bentley, fur coat, a diamond chain? All you blacks want all the same thing. Used to only be niggas. Everybody playing, spending everything on Alexander Wang, new slave, play, 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 play.